Hello, welcome to the Orchard Podcast. Hello, Amy. Hello, Rachel. Hello. It is so good to be back recording the Orchard Podcast for season. Do we say season or series two? I feel like season's quite American and we're British. So let's go with series, series two of the Orchard Podcast. Thank you if you tracked with us for series one. We hope you enjoyed it. We are all guns blazing, ready for season series, series because we're British, series two. Um, <laughs> and, and we just wanted to say uh, to all of you who came in October, October the, October, 30th. October the, the 30th, October the 30th. Um, <laughs> it, yes, it was a very significant day. I just momentarily forgot the date. Um, we just want to say thank you. Thank you for being there. We had the most amazing day. And to everyone who sent in uh, your messages of encouragement and stories of what God did in and through you throughout the day, whether you sent it on Instagram or email or whatever, it was super encouraging. And um, we just, we're just pinching ourselves still, aren't we, Amy? Yeah, yeah. It was yeah. so um, like deeply encouraging to hear not just that it was a good day, but God's like breaking into people's lives and transforming people's lives, which is the whole reason that we do it. So it was, um, yeah, it was really, really encouraging. And I still look back. Do you look back on some of the stories? Yeah. Um, just feel like, yeah, just it encourages and spurs us on in the middle of the chaos to carry on, doesn't it, Rach? It does. <laughs> it really does. And we've we've kind of been in hibernation since then. So forgive the radio silence on Instagram. I'm sure you have been pining after just one even little post on the Instagram, Orchard Instagram, I'm sure. I'm sure you've been hanging on desperately every day waiting for something. So I'm sorry, but um, we we just, after the, the Orchard Day, we just sort of gave everything a little pause. Um, we weren't in actual hibernation. I mean, we were running around doing lots of other things because we have other priorities, of course, like all of you guys. Um, but it, it definitely feels like we are ready to kick back into the Orchard gear, if that mm. makes sense. Um, and God has definitely been speaking to us both in that time. Lots of new ideas bubbling away thinking about uh, the next Orchard Conference Day in November, which feels like a very long time away. Um, but in the meantime, uh, we're excited to be journeying on this podcast with you. So this is going to be a nine-part series. Uh, oh, yes, nine. We're going to be doing them once a month. So you've got nine months of this. Oh, yes. Uh, Amy, we're doing this for nine months. We could have a baby. You could have a baby. Why don't you just get like, you know, why don't you just go and have a baby right now? Make a baby. Yeah. Can you imagine? I mean, I can't imagine you making a baby on this podcast right now. That would just be <laughs> I think really more people might watch. <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> For all the wrong reasons. How did we get there? Sorry. Yeah. I see you very miniature, Amy. I know. I'm actually sitting on the floor because these weird lights above me I look like I'm in a a sci-fi movie or something yes like or like a laser quest somehow yeah, so I'm actually on the floor in the middle of chairs with always a heater oh <laughs> I feel the cold always very deeply like to always yeah. be warm. same, same. In, the jeans. in the jeans anyway so new series um new series is called Jesus Meets so buckle up as my friend Nick Drake would say buckle up we are going uh we're going to journey for nine months I've said that baby nine months 
Uh, Each month, we're going to be looking at a different Jesus encounter uh, in the Gospels where Jesus encounters, Jesus meets a particular woman. And uh, we're going to dig into that and find out. uh, Yeah, we want to mine the depths of the scriptures uh, as we do that and just really listen to what it can teach us as women in the 21st century. Amy. Yeah, and as Rachel and I have um, been talking about this, and there's so much to say, isn't there, in, in these encounters. And I think what we would love to home in on, and we're, we've got structure for you. I know. Um, but what we would, um, we just want to simply ask ourselves three questions when we're going through these encounters. And we're going to ask ourselves, what does it say, what does this um, encounter, this meet, say about the woman um, that's involved? What does it say about Jesus? And what do we learn for us? And I think that can be a really helpful way that we can process through and discuss through um, these scriptures, but also um, helpful to figure out what are we left with? You know, we can do the Bible study, but actually, what does it mean for us? What is Jesus saying to us as women, as we lead, as we get on, as he empowers us? What does it mean? And how can we have greater confidence in our day to day um, after we've read these encounters? So that's the hope, isn't it? Yeah. Absolutely. And it really is an extension of the vision of the orchard. You know, the whole thing, the whole reason that Amy and I felt prompted by God to start this was to create spaces, to create places where women can be empowered and liberated to to be and to do all that God has called us to. So, yeah, this podcast series just feels like an an extension of that vision, really. And so week one, we are diving in. Ready? Are you ready to dive? Yeah, I'm ready. We're getting, diving in. Getting my little notes up here. Oh, good, good. That's a relief. Yes. Um, and we're going to be looking at Mary, the mother of Jesus. There are a few Marys, and we will meet another Mary um, at, at later on. But th- we're going to be looking at Mary, the mother of Jesus, and of course, she uh, she kind of pops up throughout the Gospels in different contexts. Uh, and there's so much we could say about her. But for the sake of the podcast, we thought we would just sort of zoom in on a particular moment. We slightly bent the rules for this first one because um, we're going to look specifically at the Annunciation, as theologians and biblical scholars would say, like myself, (laughs) like my good self, the Annunciation. And just in case you have no idea what that is, uh, um, as I I did several days ago, uh, basically it's the moment when, um, and this will be familiar to many of us, it's the moment, of course, when the angel announces to to Mary what the plan is, like what this crazy cosmically sized plan is that she is going to be front and center in. And so we're specifically looking at scriptures, uh, Luke 1, verse 26 to 38. If you've got a Bible and you can track with us, do that if you're driving or showering or running, maybe don't do that. Um, But that's the scriptures that we're going to be looking at. Uh, And again, verses that we'll be probably really familiar with. We're not going to read all the verses out, uh, but we will be sort of uh, referencing them. Again, probably scripture that might well be already very familiar to you. Uh, And so we want to, yes, slightly bending the rules because Jesus at this point is like an embryo, a tiny, teeny little embryo that the Holy Spirit, actually, I, I mean, I don't want to guess at how the inner workings of the Immaculate Conception actually took place. I'm not even going to hazard a guess at the biology, but all we know <laughs> is at this point, yeah, I should stop, shouldn't I? I should stop, I should stop. <laughs> 
But at this point, Mary encounters an angel. She's told by the angel that the Holy Spirit is going to come upon her and teeny tiny embryo Jesus is implanted into her womb. Sorry, way too much graphic detail. So in a sense, she is meeting Jesus. This is how I'm bending the rules. She is meeting Jesus, even though he's a tiny, teeny little embryo. <laughs> okay, I'm going to stop with that now. It is quite uh, late at night. <laughs> it is late. It's been a very long day. Oh, dear. You're doing very well. Yes. I should stop now. So Luke 1, 26, we're looking at... Uh, the moment that Mary discovers yeah. that she is going to carry the Son of God, wowzers. So I know it is a wowzers. It t- takes a moment, doesn't it? Because you hear the story all the time, don't we? Yeah. Um, and it is like, what? It's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and incredible and wonderful, isn't it? Um, anyway, we can go into what that says about God. <laughs> yes, it. exactly. But what does it say that? Yeah, so what do we what what do we learn what do we know about Mary? First question then. So what do we what do we know about this woman? <laughs> yeah. Um, and there are a few things that we can know we 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 first of all we can know her background, don't we? A small parts about her background is obviously we know uh that she is a virgin um and she's pledged to be married to Joseph. Um, we know that she is currently in Galilee, uh, which is, you know, it's like, a, you know, the greatest, most popular place or the most, you know. It's not top of your bucket list, is it? Your, it's not top of your bucket list, no. Um, yeah, it's a bit of a backwater town. Um, so that, again, says a, a bit about her background. Um, and uh Anything more about the background that you can pick up on? Well, I think we also know she's young. She's like really young. She's and again, young, culturally, yeah. um, this was 2000 years ago. So, you know, age, life expectancy was different, et cetera, et cetera. But she's young. She's she's a virgin. And therefore, we know she's going to be. I, I mean, I've got a 14 year old daughter and they reckon that Mary was probably around 14, 15 at the time that the Annunciation took place. I mean, that's nuts, isn't it? Um, so she's this young Virgin girl about to get married from this yeah. kind of backwater little town, little backwater town, and then boom, this angel appears. Yeah. And I think one of the things that we've been struck by, haven't we, as we've we've, we've just looked at these verses, yeah, is the very little we know about Mary tells us so much about who she is, and and actually teaches us so much, uh, and really. In this moment, her response to the appearance of this angel, to the news that this angel brings, is really quite remarkable. It is really quite remarkable. So she clearly has, she's Jewish, she has a faith in God. Uh, You know, she will be familiar with the scriptures, the Torah. Um, So she's a religious woman. Um, She clearly has a deep faith. Uh, yeah. And I, I guess one of the first things that we wanted to really make note of is that is her humility. She is a humble woman. And it, and it seems to be that her humility is really key. That that's, that's one of the things that God highlights, Jesus highlights to us. 
uh, straight off the bat. And and her humility is sort of it's it's twofold, isn't it? It's her humility in terms of her background. You know, we've just talked about where she's from. She's she's not high status. Uh, she's not massively wealthy. She's not from a capital city. Uh, we don't really know much of anything she sort of accomplished at that point. But so she comes from humble beginnings, but she's yeah. also humble. She also is humble of character. That's what we learned. And that's also really significant that it's like God has chosen her because he sees within her this humble heart that she, uh, yeah, she's ready. She's sort of, you know, it's almost like her, her humility prepares her for all that God is about to do in her life. Because in some ways you hear, don't you, um, you hear, I mean, I've heard sermons like this, and maybe you have as well, Rach, where people say, you know, how many Marys were there that said no? <laughs> you know, yeah. or what yeah. if Mary said no or whatever? Yeah. Um, and actually it's interesting when you think about how much, you know, you know, my hum the humble state of his servant, you know, the um that was lifted up, he has lifted up the humble. It's all over this scripture, isn't it? Like you're saying. Yeah. Um, the humility of her, and it is, it is that she comes from humble background, humble, you know, status, all of that. But also, like you said, it's like maybe God knew that she, it was her humility that actually was going to lead her to say yes, yeah. because she had no other. There was nothing else she was leaning upon. She yeah. was leaning upon um, this dependence upon on God. If God says, what else have I? There's nothing else that I am, you know, defined by or um, yeah. makes sense. It's like there's a um, there's a humility in her state before the Lord that yeah. He knows she's going to partner with me in this. Yeah, know? yeah. I do find it extraordinary, extraordinary that of all the millions and millions and millions and millions of people on the earth at that moment in history, yeah, he. He handpicks this this one Hello. woman. I love that it. is absolutely breathtaking. Yeah, it is breathtaking, and it uh, says so much. It obviously says so much about God, but it says so much about her. Yeah, it does. It does. And how many things? And we can go into this later. But how many things? I don't know. Get in the way of our yes. Yeah. Um, because and you we're know, not humble in our dependence. You know, we're dependent yeah. upon something else. Well, I, I love, I, I think, I don't know whether irony is quite the right word, but I, I love that it's her humility that almost qualifies her. There's, that's sort, yeah. of, that's sort yeah. of weird in itself, isn't it? It's her humility that qualifies her. Yeah. But then, then she's actually one of the few women that gets properly named and identified. Yeah. Often in the Bible, you know, women are sort of, because it was written in a, a, at a, a, a patriarchal time, there a lot of the women are sort of referenced um not by name necessarily in, in different ways but but she is specifically named and identified in yeah. that, in those verses so it's like that the writer Luke he wants you to you know he he wants us to know who she is he yeah. wants her name to be sort of in the history books yeah. which is really significant again and and really quite 
yeah. radical that Luke would write her in by name because most women were known in reference to their husbands. But she's she stands alone from her husband at this moment. It's like I, it's like Luke is saying for the whole of eternity, for the whole of human history, I want this woman, this incredible obedient service to be to be known by her name. Yeah, that's that's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, that's it it. she was amazing. clearly an um. You know, she was clearly well thought of, wasn't she? Yeah, beyond that. this, obviously, beyond this moment, well through, throughout her years, she was clearly really well thought of by the yeah. disciples and the apostles. To yeah, follow. just um, even that actually, just before we go on to the next, I, I think, um, I was, I think we were reading actually earlier, weren't we, Rach? That that even it says that she was a bit troubled. You know, what's the, what does it say? I was troubled. Um, when the Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this would be. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting, again, it gives a context that some say this is uh, there, this is open to debate, um, yeah. but some say that actually the trouble that she's troubled or what kind of greeting is, um, is that because it's it, a, a male um, angel. Angel, yeah. Um, and actually um, men don't speak to women, you know? So, if that is the case, if that is what is happening here, that in itself is utterly radical. That in God's, you know, that God goes outside of cultural um, norms, if you like, um, to meet and commission and empower mm. his daughter for the greatest task ever. I know. <laughs> Astounding. Yeah. And we can apply so much of this now and we can get onto that. I mean, I think we also need to point. I mean, it, she's a woman. Like, what do what does it say about this woman, Mary? She's a woman. She's a woman. She is a woman chosen for this task. Yeah. And you know, we know, don't we, that at that time, women were had very low status in society. Yeah. Their, yeah. their opinion was um, disqualified. It, 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 you know, there was. They were they were property. They were seen as property to their husband. Um, as you said, there were there are a million cultural taboos around how women yeah, they speak could or couldn't yeah. be treated. You know, yeah. again, no man apart from their husband or a family member could be seen engaging with them in conversation or anything yeah. like that. So, again, it, it is it is radical and significant that. God chooses a woman for this task. And of course she has to carry a child and, and he designed the biology. You know, he, he knew this isn't like, Oh, well, gosh, if only I could use a man, <laughs> I, if only I could impregnate a man. Oh, darn. Oh yeah, gosh. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't designed it that way. What was I thinking? It's like, no, yeah. yeah. God knew exactly what he was thinking and he needs a woman for this task. Love it, and, love it. you know, we could jump on our feminist <laughs> soapbox which we're not going to do necessarily but I, I do think it's really important that we yeah. we, we just grab hold of that yeah. because we'll see the beauty of the empowerment of it as a yeah person. there's nothing it's just truth it's not yes it's not anything other than truth and You're I think right. that it's highlighting the truth and that's what we want this podcast to be you know we don't want to manipulate anything. It's like, let's look at the truth yeah. of, what, of what, how Jesus encounters women, how he empowers women, and what that says about us now and what it says for women across whoever's listening to this. Yeah. You know, like, let's listen and, to the truth. And maybe what it says about what we've believed up till this yeah. point. 
you know, that may, maybe we have taken on board s- certain yeah. narratives or even theologies um, that are are perhaps disempowering for women yeah. in the context of what we're called to be and to do. Um, so we know that she's she we know yeah. that she's humble. And again, just thinking about that response. So the angel gives her this message, and you were saying that her response is like greatly troubled. I love that that's almost like a human response. You know, yeah. it's, it would be easy to think that she's sort of this angelic being herself, you know, that yeah. she doesn't get anything wrong, that she's just sort of this walking perfection. And actually, no, she's human. She's there is a sort of a human response in that moment of trouble she's troubled and and as amy said we don't know exactly what that means we can we can guess and there's one that, that amy just mentioned that there's there's one sort of understanding of that but there's also that comparison with zachariah you know where the moment when the yeah. angel to zachariah and says your wife's going to have a baby and he's like no that's impossible sort of thing yeah it's not and that it's not that that's the point that the tone which which she says uh but i'm a virgin it's not like uh, um, you've got this wrong. I'm a virgin. Hello. It's like wow. I I wonder how how's God going to do this? Like it's just trust, isn't it? It's almost like in, inquisitive. Oh, I want. I wonder how God's going to make that happen. Do <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And then you know. So moving on. Yeah. You know that she's humble, favored. Yeah, that's is a big word that comes up. And you know, one of the most famous verses about Mary is that she is highly favored. She is seen as highly. Wow. Can you imagine God looking us out and saying, I see you highly favored one. And yet because of Jesus, that is the reality for each one of us. That's what, isn't it? Yeah. And what's, I, I guess what's, even as you read that whole verse, you know, greetings, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. Yeah. And interestingly, I did, I've just been thinking about that. Like we think we think of favor as um, I don't know, like something um, like I don't know in the sense of um, something external or something outside of ourselves or something. I just love this idea that we're favored because God is with you. We're God is with us. Yeah. That's favor that we are. And, I, and that's exactly what you're saying, Rachel. It's like. God, well, through Jesus' death, life, and you know, life, death, and resurrection, God is with us. Emmanuel, Jesus is with us. His Holy Spirit lives within us. That's favor that He is with us. Um, That's I love so that good. Yeah, because Cause... I think that we make it some sort of external achievement somehow. But actually, what if the favor that I carry, which is true, the favor I carry is that I take the Holy Spirit is with me. He's in me. He's working. He's anointing me and empowering me. That's so good. I do think favor is one of those words that we misunderstand sometimes, don't we? We yeah. we equate favor with success. Yeah. And actually, favor is about proximity to God, basically, yeah. isn't it? I love that. Yeah. Which is so good. Uh, and so we know that she's favored, God is with her. Um, and I also yeah. or think- even that question, like sometimes you hear that, you know, oh, that person's favored and that person's not favored, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Or that, you know, am I favored? Um, have I got the favor have I got it have I got the favor is the favor on me yeah it seems to me um it seems to me that favor just to stay on favor for a second it seems to me that favor is something you take hold of yeah as opposed to something you have or you don't it's more like I'm going to take hold of the favor that 
is Christ in me, the hope of glory. Yeah. Um, I love that. And it's funny, I'm just thinking about the orchard because I feel like we've had conversations where we've said, wow, it really feels like God's favour is on yeah. this. And, you know, we say that sort of in the privacy of our own conversations <laughs> because it it can almost sound a bit like, yeah, it really feels like God's favour is on this. Oh, yeah, <laughs> check us out. But that's not it, is it? It's almost like despite our yeah. Yeah. frailty, you know, despite our complete lack, God is with us. Yeah. God is doing something through this thing called the orchard yeah. before our very eyes. And yeah. it doesn't feel like it's something that we have to sort of work up, you know? Yeah. And maybe that's partly favor as well, but it's favor is when you just sort of, there's an ease, right? That mm. yeah. God, God is just on the move. God is at work, but there's an ease in it. It doesn't, yeah. it doesn't feel like there's any striving. You certainly feel that with Mary, don't you? That yeah. she's not sort of, she's not making anything happen. Yeah. Well, that's it. She's humble. She's humble. She's humble. And that's, (laughs) it's her humility that perhaps ushers in the favor because it's like, it's a gift. It's a grace. Um, But that's true. What can she do? There's nothing she can do. Can she? No, no. She can't make Jesus appear. (laughs) Only God can do that. And so I think that is, that it's like, it's like a non-striving over to, okay, God, I'm, I'm going to partner with your spirit. I'm, you know, yeah. it, she's not a robot. She obviously is part of the, she's partnering with God. She's saying yes, isn't she? Yeah. Um, but it yeah. isn't, she cannot achieve it. And then there's a humility. And I wonder that is a found favor with the Lord is that. Yeah. Um, and I think as well, the favor is her, is her character. The favor yeah. is, is maybe given and again, it's it's probably rooted in her character. You know, when God's sort of, again, scanning, looking for a candidate, I doubt he's sort of checking her CV to see how much she's done. And, you know, again, if she's this 15-year-old virgin, she probably hasn't done that much. And again, a woman in that society would be extremely limited in what they could accomplish. Yeah. And yet the favor is, is given based on her character. You know, the maybe she's picked out because of who she is. Mm. And it's that thing you get, well, you know, this is this is what we came back to time and time again in season one with the fruits of the spirit, that character matters. Who we are matters to God deeply, despite the fact that we live in a world that puts much, much, much more emphasis on what we do, what we can accomplish. But actually it's who, yeah. it's who. It's always who with the Lord, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. So she's... I just thought, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I just think this is really... I just the thing that I'm thinking is, um, you know, that that what character does or what um, humility does is ultimately just leaves room for God's favor. I think that's what I mean. It's not like, oh, well done, Tick, you've done really great character, you've favored. But yeah, actually, what it, if it. it's something to be grasped or something to um, to to nurture within us? Actually, humility is the way to access it. You know character is the way of getting your your yourself out doing the work to get past yourself do you know what I mean yes to, you take hold of the favor that's for everyone but not everyone mm. gets that because well are you willing to do the work that's blocking that way does that make sense it does it really does exactly that it's not like yeah it's not like a test you know oh if I if I if I get really good at 
being of good character, <laughs> I get yes. the prize of God's favor. Yeah. It's more that I love that pursuing a yeah. pursuing a godly character becomes like the vessel, just becomes like the foundation, exactly. the fertile ground. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly that. So she's humble, she's favored. And the last thing that we just wanted to draw out around her is she's obedient. She is like, she's like crazy obedient. I mean, honestly, I put myself in her shoes and I just think, not a chance. Yeah. Honestly, I do worry what I would say in that moment. Like, really, because what we discover is that this role this role that God has for her to play, it's going to cost her everything. It costs her her body. She carries Jesus for nine months. She Presumably she breastfed him for however long. You know, it's costing her her body. It costs her reputation. I mean, that's huge because a woman's reputation was everything at that time. And so she's willing to lay down her reputation. Her, You know, the, there was the potential and possibility and quite possibly the reality that her reputation would have just been in, in yeah, tatters. absolutely. Mm. Absolute tatters. She would have been the talk of the town. Yeah. And she she risks her marriage. At that point, she has no idea what Joseph is going to say. So she risks, actually, she risks ever getting married, to be honest, at that point. Yeah. Uh, she risks her family disowning her. She risks her community ostracizing her. And then we know, because we know how the story goes, ultimately. This 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 role, this calling that she chooses to say yes to costs her her son. She has to watch her son die a brutal mm. death on a cross. And of course, at that point, she doesn't know fully what will happen the other side of those three days after his death on the cross. But it, it this is a costly call. And I think, again, it's very easy for us to slightly... Mm. Um, see it through those rose-tinted glasses, the Christmas story and da-da-da-da. But actually... Her yes was a yeah. very, very costly yes. Yeah. A, a, like brutally costly. Yeah. And she, we don't know how long, you know, this conversation between Mary and the angel took place. I mean, if, if it's as, if it's exactly as written, we're talking like a couple of minutes, right? <laughs> I mean, who knows? They might have had sat down and had a cup of tea together. We don't know. Yeah. But just within that, that, that dialogue, she's given her yes. She's laid her whole life down, yeah. everything. She's let go of everything. Yeah. I, I'll do it. Yeah, I'll do it. I mean, that is extraordinary. Mm. I get the shivers just thinking about that because yeah. I don't yeah. know. I I don't, I hope, I hope my yes would be as quick. Mm. And I think um, I, it makes me think that the, her, her understanding um, of God and who he is, and his power and authority, but also he, she, she trusts his goodness. She trusts his faithfulness. She trusts the promise because mm. it's also, not only is it costly, it's also balmy, you know? Mm. It, it's, it's completely crazy, isn't it, what yeah. she's doing? And so actually to even trust that what yeah. his angel has said is going to happen. You it's know, madness. Faith, it's absolute yeah. madness. I mean, her faith, it makes me think that she must have known him so intimately yeah. um, to, to trust that at that level. And even, you know, he studied who he is and his faithfulness you yeah. know, through the scriptures. Um, I imagine that's all played into 
God's purpose for her life. I don't know. It just makes me think her understanding of God must be huge and so accurate to be able to say such a huge yes, I think. And how warped ours are (laughs) so often. Our view of God. Um, And even, and even, you know, again, we've said it's a costly yes, but it's also, it's a huge yes in terms of, yes, and on, it's, like it just just being able to say yes straight off the bat you're you're you are mary you are going to be front and center in the story of human history that will be told and retold millions and millions and millions of times across the world for generations to come yeah that you will play a fundamental role in god's plan again just to sort of say, yeah, all right, yeah. <laughs> it's like, wow, she is really quite remarkable, isn't she? Yeah. And yeah. courageous, like that's, and even thinking, you know, you're saying it's pretty far-fetched what the what the angel outlines in terms of the plan. Like, here's the plan, here's the details. The Holy Spirit's yeah. going to impregnate you. <laughs> you're going to carry a child. You won't have had sex, but you're going to carry a child, and that child's going to be the son of God, and you're going to call him Jesus. And that's it. That's all she's given. She's she's not really told anything else beyond that. There's no assurances, is there? There's no, it's okay. It's okay. You know, yeah. you're not going to be ostracized or yeah, exactly. kicked out of your no family. Assurance. Yeah, you, you, it's going to be absolutely fine. He doesn't do that. And I think that's really important, actually, that yeah. when God calls us, he doesn't always give us assurances. Right. In fact, he rarely does. He just yeah. says, do you trust me? Do you, that's yeah. the only assurance we get is, do you trust me? I think that's a word ah. for somebody listening, actually. Yeah. I think there's somebody who senses God as calling them to something and you Ooh. are waiting for God to assure you. I wonder if it's around your children, actually. And you're waiting for God to give you an assurance that your children are all going to be fine, whatever that means. And I just sense that God's saying he's not going to give you any assurances other than, do you trust me? Do you yeah. trust me? I just wonder if that's for somebody who's yeah. to that. It's it's trust. I love that, Rach. And it's, do you trust me and the promise that I'm with you? That's all he says to her. Yeah. And that's what he says to Mary. And that's what he says to us. Yeah. And uh, it's really hard, isn't it? To Because that yeah. is the fundamental promise. The yeah. fundamental promise is that he will be with us. Yeah. Doesn't, doesn't mean it's going to be easy or not. Yeah. And without hardship, but he's going to be with us. Absolutely, um, absolutely. Yeah, and I think we've muddled that up often. We have. You know, I'm favoured, but this is happening. This can't be right. But this is obedience. Why is this yes. happening? You know. Um, and actually, we give each. I think we give disciples of Jesus a wrong message. You know, it's it that, and then it's um, you just see the fallout of that, don't you? The pain. Yeah. Well, I know. I mean, I've talked about this quite a lot in the first series, but I'm just thinking about our decision to go ahead and, and foster a baby. Mm. Um, forgive me. I know I talk about this all the time, but it is, you know, she is. Mm. Oh, she's doing so good, isn't she? She's, she's so cute. Yeah. Um, and that's amazing. But we didn't know. It was such an unknown. And again, yeah. I really felt God say, Really similar to that. I, I, I can't, you know, there, there weren't assurances yeah. that everything was going to be just rosy. But 
Yeah. Do you trust me? Do you trust me? Do you trust me? Do you trust me? And that, that was all we had to go on really is yes, we trust you. Yes. We know yeah. this is your heart. Yeah. This is your heart. This is yeah. your desire. This is your call on us. So we do it. Yeah. Um, and he's so good and kind. So faithful. He's Absolutely. So, faithful. so and faithful. He's present and where his presence is, you know, it's possible. Yeah. <laughs> That's well then let's ju- let's jump into because uh, I'm conscious of time. Yeah, we're running out of time. Yeah. Um let's just quickly talk about then what, what does this tell us about Jesus? Obviously, again, Jesus, yeah. the, the person of the grown, the grown-up man of Jesus isn't quite there yet. Mm-hmm. And yet we can also learn so much about who Jesus is as as one piece of the, the Trinity. Um, and so let, let's just quickly look at them. What does it tell us about Jesus? And then I guess it's what, what does this mean for us? How do we, how do we look at Mary and her response in this moment? And how does that apply to us? Um, and I think, uh, I mean, when you think, when we think about this, um, in regard to God, um, entrusting his son. Yeah. In a woman. <laughs> and yeah. so when we are, you know, if we are thinking about this in this context of, of women, you know, that's what we're wanting to unpack and see. The, the level of empowerment. Yeah. Like, you, and you know, we sort of touched on it already, but that is God entrusting himself, the most vulnerable, you know, entrusting every part of his development as, a, as Jesus as a son and divine mm. in woman is exceptional and actually I was talking to my husband to give him credit for this um and uh and he was saying um that actually when he thinks about it it's incredible how in some ways it's the re um the reordering or the rewiring or the breaking of the of the genesis curse mm. around um pain in childbirth or child rearing you know but actually this then is sort of um breaking that because it's like the blessing Mm. I'm blessing woman with birth of the king of kings that is going to um, transform the world. I mean, just drop that. <laughs> I know, I know. And I think I think that's where, again, I loved how you framed it earlier, that we're just, we're just bringing the truth. We're not jumping on our feminist soapboxes. We're just bringing the truth. We're just digging into how Jesus, how yeah. God... Um, how God relates to women. And we talked a lot about how Mary needed to trust God. Like basically this was like a major trust, trust exercise, but yeah. God trusts Mary. I know. And, it's amazing. Yeah. and I think, I think we have to just see that in the light of what that means for us as women. And I think again, perhaps, uh, I think perhaps in, in, uh, over the centuries, so much has been taken away from women in mm. terms of empowering them to to be and to do all that God has called them to, and it's like a lack of trust. Almost, there's been like a distrust, yeah, yeah. Women from men that that men have distrusted women. Like a, a woman's word yeah. wasn't trusted. Oh. A, a woman's intellect wasn't trusted. You know, a woman's motives weren't trusted. She was seen as this sort of uh, you know what's the word like um a, a, a potential source of yeah. temptation you know yeah. and yet what we see is mm. god the creator god almighty 
trusting and trusting a woman with the most precious thing. Yeah. And so we have to, we have to take that in. We have to, we have to see that. We we have to change the narrative that we may be carrying, which is maybe God doesn't trust me because I'm a woman. And actually, God is saying, what about God is entrusting you with something? And part of the reason he's entrusting you is because he's made you a woman. Mm. You know, it's like twisting it on its head. Yeah. And um Love it. I just Love I, it. I think. I think we we have to also recognize that in 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 God doing that at that particular moment in that particular culture, he just smashes through yeah, culture to be. Yeah. He has no regard, does he? <laughs> I love that. God has absolutely no regard for cultural expectations or sensibilities. He's just he's God is gonna do what he needs to do when yeah. he needs to do it. Yeah. And, and at times you see God sort of working through culture. But in this instance, he's just like, now I'm going to mess with you here. <laughs> you know, I'm going to I am going to elevate this humble woman and I'm going to mm. use her in the most profound and significant way. I'm going to entrust her with this, yeah. even though it goes against everything that you know and understand about women. Isn't that extraordinary? Yeah, I mean, it is. It, and it, it sets is. the tone. It really does set the tone from this moment. I think it's really important because there's so much in the Old Testament, isn't there? that is quite difficult to wrap our heads around about women and God's relationship with women particularly. And I know for me, that's been really hard at times for me to wrap my head around. And then it's like this decisive moment where God breaks in humankind with Jesus. And it starts, it starts with him smashing through this cultural, this cultural taboo or this, cultural expectation or the, the, these cultural parameters and limitations that have been put around women and who they are. I just yeah. think that's exciting. We're walking on the foundations, aren't yeah. we? We're standing on the foundations that that key moment set in motion. And I, do, and I do think, you know, that, you know, we're speaking about this now and obviously we're energised by this, but even those that are listening or if you are listening to this, like, do, I do, I just take a moment yeah like take a moment to actually this is god this is god that is entrusting himself in the hands complete hands of a woman you know that you are you know it's like as a baby you are completely utterly helpless aren't you Mm. i mean it's incredible of what it says about god i mean and not just that part but just the that he would do that for us yeah Um, is Can you imagine changing baby Jesus's nappy? Like I know, I know, I know. I mean, that's, it, that's, they didn't um, have nappies, did they? Well, they had something, whatever. It does, yeah, uh, yeah blows my mind. But also, if we, you know, if we sort of think of the other things that have come up here. Yeah. Um, you know, the other things it says about Jesus is um, in in um, one of these verses I've read that it says, "No word from God will ever fail." Yes, yeah, what um, the angel says, isn't it? it? Says to her. Where? Which verse? I'm trying to find it. Uh, oh yeah, there we go. Thirty-seven. No word from God will ever fail. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I just love that as well. That um, that again. There's this. I think we touched on this before. That there's this. Um, there's this. Um, I guess uh, trust in the promise. Mm. Um, and even for us, again, as we sort of think about for us, that that no no promise, nothing that God promises us will ever fail no word will ever yeah. fail us again I just think 
isn't that incredible that we believe and trust in a God whose word never fails Um, and we can completely and utterly Mm. rely upon it. Mm. Um, I think the other thing, thing, yeah, Um, we talked about that, you know, obviously we learn as well that Jesus, um, Honors the humble. We've, yeah. we've he's like honed in, isn't that. he? He's like attracted yeah. to the humble. Yeah, so and I think we, that, yeah. I think we, we covered that quite well. Yeah, <laughs> didn't we? Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, and the other thing um, that again was drawn out to us is that in, um, uh, it, it says the, it says verse, verse thirty-five: the Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. I, again. This, what we learn about Jesus is that he sometimes, you know, he gives us, he might call us to be obedient and he might um, give a, you know, share something he wants us to say yes to. What is it that he's asking us to say yes to? And I think so often the things that um, stop us from saying yes are that we think we disqualify ourselves and we're like, well, no, that's impossible. You know, Mm. which she could, if she has, if anyone has the right to say this is impossible, Mary does. Yeah. Um, doesn't but actually we disqualify ourselves because we think it's in our ability or in our strength and what I love what we learn so clearly from this text and what's happening with Mary is that it's his power will come upon you and he will overshadow you that actually it's his ability Um, so again even to those people that you were speaking at Rach that know that God is um, calling them forward that there Mm. is something that he's asking you and he and you know you want to say yes or you know Mm. that this is something that the lord is calling you and that that you discount it in the flesh because you think that there you can't do it in your own strength and your own ability and we again it's not rocket science and we've heard it all before but right now that we know that it's his ability and his holy spirit is working through us to enable the promise that he wants for our lives um totally totally he is, he's going to equip us. He does the empowering. Mm. What does it mean for us then, Rach, as we wrap yeah, up? I th- I what think, are you taking from it? I, I mean, I think four quick things that I think we take away. One is that we we have all, we've, we receive the favour. We take on the favour. Yeah. We are favoured like yeah. Mary is because of Jesus. We're highly favoured. He looks on us in that way. My goodness, we could spend... Ages just talking about that because I think again for many it's really hard to 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 buy that, isn't it? To believe mm. that that God looks at me and says, "Highly favored one," that He would want to sort of bestow His favor on us. I think again, God, it's trusting that God wants to entrust us with His plans, even yeah. you know these kingdom plans that He has for us. He wants to entrust us, and He's going to equip us. He yeah. will equip us with His Holy Spirit. He won't necessarily equip us with every human (laughs) gift or skill, but he will he will equip us by his Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And what that requires from us is obedience, trust, sacrifice Mm -hmm. and humility. Yeah. You know, I think of every significant thing that I've ever stepped into in my life, whether Mm -hmm. that was having children, um, stepping into church leadership. Uh, stepping into various different jobs I've done. Every time, every time it was a case of over to you, God, I can't do it. I literally cannot do this in my own strength. 
I trust that you will empower me, you'll equip me and you will empower, you know, you will give me everything that I, I need. And, and I think all he asks is, is, is our yes, isn't it? Our obedient, yeah. humble yes. Yeah, absolutely. And I just think even to finish, like I, I think for some even, or, you know, certainly for me at times it's, it's trusting that there is a promise he wants to whisper. There is a yeah. task that he wants to, or, you know, he wants to commission us in a particular way. And actually, even as we discuss this, maybe you are listening to this thinking, oh, maybe you've discounted that he might even ask you of, or ask you to do something. Yeah. You know? Sorry, um, yawning then. No, I'm boring you. No, you're not yeah. boring me. I'm just quite tired. Oh, yeah, that was, I, I tried to cover that yawn I, up. I guess, but... the, I guess what I'm trying to say is, let's look at this and, and go away thinking God wants to use us. Yeah. For the, for the mighty work he's doing to bring about renewal. Come on. And we can't sit on the sidelines and think, does he want to entrust me? We learn from this. The truth is that he wants to entrust himself in partnership with you and me and with every single woman that is listening to this. And he yeah. wants us to say yes, and he will do it in and through us. That's Love it. it. That's a great place to end. Yes. Shall I quickly pray? Lord Jesus, we just thank you for Mary. Thank you for the example that she is to us. Thank you for her yes. Thank you that her yes facilitated the birth of Jesus and all that that has meant for us as, as your children, all that that has won for us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that you died. Thank you that you rose again. Thank you that I am set free. I'm free from the sin that was keeping me from the Father. Thank you, Lord, that you took it on yourself on the cross. And yeah. Lord, we, we, just, we just pray for every woman, every bloke who is listening to this, that you would speak to them deeply, powerfully, profoundly right now. Um, just, just pray anything within what we've said that is significant to specific people. I pray that it would really take root mm. and be an encouragement to those uh, who who just need just need to be reminded of the truth that God empowers us, us as human beings, sinful, simple, complicated <laughs> human <laughs> beings. That you use us for your mighty plans. We thank mm, yes, Lord. Amen. Amen. Love it. See you, sis.